Welcome to season four of Rural Business Uncovered, brought to you by the CLA, where we discuss important matters affecting the rural sector. Aspiring to unlock the potential of the rural economy, the Country Land and Business Association is the membership organisation that provides support and expert advice to landowners and rural business across England and Wales. Hello and welcome to Rural Business Uncovered. In today's episode, we're talking about mental health, covering our emotional, psychological and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel and also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others and make choices. Within the agricultural industry, there are many factors that may put a strain on our mental health and we're joined today by two CLA healthcare guests, Hazel Craig, Senior Data and Analytics and Wellbeing Consultant and Leo Savage, Global Wellbeing Consultant. They will both be exploring the challenges that are faced within the agricultural industry and what can be done to combat them. Hello to you both. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Let's start by... Perhaps you're telling us more about what you do, Hazel. Yeah, hi. Thanks, Lizzie. Thanks for having us on. So I am Hazel Craig. As you said, I'm a senior data analytics and wellbeing consultant. Um, And basically what that entails is working with our clients to review, develop evidence-based wellbeing strategies um, across their organizations. And we do that here in the UK, but we also do that um, across the globe as well. So lovely to meet you. And I'll pass over to Leo. Thanks, Hazel. Um, yeah, my name is Leo Savage, and I started my career as a rugby player. I went on to become a personal trainer and spent uh, six or seven years working with individuals within various different industries, helping them become healthier, um, and then partnering with with other various well-being professionals within uh, nutrition, uh, psychology, uh, physiotherapy, you name it. Um, just trying to tackle that that long notion of how to be healthier and how to positively impact your body. Um, at Howden, I work with Hazel to put together um, various different well-being programs for for varying different businesses uh, within the industry. So great to be here. I'm sure many of us are aware of the importance of prioritizing, you know, healthy, healthy minds and really putting on the map, you know, mental health care and just looking after ourselves generally. But what is the current circumstance with mental health in the agricultural industry, Leo? Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, it's, it's, it's always good to give some perspective to, to how the agricultural industry specifically compares to the rest of society, say in the UK. So um, if we look at the overall prevalence of mental health, uh, I think with the, within the disorders, it estimates around one in four of us is going to experience some form of mental health problem at some point each year. Now, if we take that into the perspective of the agriculture industry, there's been a, a, a survey done by Yellow Wellies where 92% of farmers under the age of 40 suggested poor mental health is going to be the biggest problem facing farmers today. Now, that itself is a huge majority. And um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that the 92% of farmers are suffering from mental health, but them stating that in itself is the biggest issue for farmers is, is, is really quite um, significant. Now, I think that can be down to a number of reasons, and particularly given the age group we have said under 40s, um, as you would assume and imagine, a higher population of those would be using social media and exposed to a lot of comparison when it comes to the lives, lives of their counterparts. And we have seen that there's been links between the use of social media and the, the decline of mental health. So I think that that plays a, a really strong part in it. 
And also the uncertainty within the economic climate at the moment, I think, plays a huge factor when it comes to the agriculture industry. Um, undoubtedly, you'd see the, the instability within uh, the, the supply chain, the war that's going on, the cost of living crisis. Um, the, the agricultural businesses typically run with tight margins. So knowing all of this thing, this is happening, the buying power of not only the public, but their businesses and, and the people that they're providing is, is rapidly reducing. So I think that plays a huge part in it also. And I didn't, I didn't want to sound um, or, or try and paint a bad picture there, but it's important to, to understand the issues that lie so that, that you can take positive actions from that. I think Leo's right. And I, I think just to add to that, you know, whilst the agriculture industry can be kind of one of the most personally rewarding industries to work in, you know, you see people describing it as more like a lifestyle as well as a job. I would say that, and Leo's touched on it, it can be one of the most challenging industries to work in when you do start to continue consider, sorry, those health and safety risks, the volatility with things like the market prices, even things like Brexit, and also how isolating it can be. And Leo said, you know, we can see this coming through in the stats, we can see it coming through in the research. Um, Leo talked about the mental health there. But I think one of the other really concerning statistics we see coming out is that, you know, more than one member of the farming community actually dies through suicide every week in the UK, according to the Office of National Statistics. And actually, over and above that, almost one in five in the farming community, so around 20%, report that they, they know someone who's actually attempted to take their own life. And I think when you start to think about the impact of that and how wide ranging that is, it's it's really concerning and it really brings it home in some of those statistics that you see being published at the moment. Yeah, it's it's quite quite shocking to hear, um, and really, I, I can totally see how the pressures of today would create so you know so so much you know anxiety and so much more around. I guess working in the ag- agricultural industry is a lot of pressure there. Um, so thank you for, for sharing those. I guess. A bit of a rogue question for both of you, but in recent years, perhaps we've we've understood a little bit more about about our the state of our health mentally, and the importance of you know really caring for ourselves. So could it be that you know the statistics that you read out there are also part of the fact that we are now starting to really take note of this and 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 really nurturing those in the industry to to make sure that they are prioritizing their mental health? I think so. I think it, it definitely is that. I think it's actually quite positive that we're seeing more of these statistics published because I think it actually helps to work against some of that stigma that we've seen historically where people don't want to talk about it. Um, it can make people feel quite lonely as well if they're experiencing these things and they don't recognize that actually they're not alone in this. There's a there's a lot of people who are facing these challenges. And I think the research is actually helping to bring that to light. And I think it actually opens the conversation. So I think part of it, yes, is that you're seeing more awareness around it. Um, but I think that's positive. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess we'll move on to this, but you know, even talking about it is a, is a really important part of that. So thank you. Hazel, with, with those statistics that you have mentioned, are we seeing, you know, a measurable impact on the industry? What does that mean for the industry? Yeah, I mean, that's a really, a really good question. And as you say, I think the statistics speak for themselves when it comes to mental health within the industry. But I think when we start to consider the impact of what that looks like, we also need to start thinking about the fact that, you know, farmers work in an industry where the rate of health and safety accidents is actually 20 times higher than the all industry rate. 
And this is where you start to then think about that link between mental health and things like workplace accidents. You know, we know for a fact if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling anxious, you're maybe not sleeping as well or you're starting to experience burnout, then the likelihood of an accident occurring is probably it's going to become more likely, right? And I think vice versa, if you're experiencing a physical health concern that might be impacting your mobility or your ability to work, then there's a chance that this would potentially start to impact your mental health. And I guess if we look at that even further, you need to consider the impact on, you know, your personal life as well. So this isn't all about work. This is about your personal life too. And I think it was the Royal Agricultural Benevolent Institution that found that farming people report that stress impacts their home lives with, I think, one in five farming people reporting that stress affects their ability to do things like relax. Um, They cite an impact on relationships with family and friends. So I don't think you can consider mental health in isolation as the impact of it is just so much wider ranging. Leo, how how widespread is this problem? So I completely agree with everything Hazel has just said. And typically, when we look back at the stats that that we've already stated, uh, a large majority of farmers in the agriculture industry are going to be or know that they will be suffering from mental health at some point in the future. Um, I think that's a a really important point to note, just because... um, when you realize something or when you know something's happening, it's half of the problem and you know when to um, make action or take action or, or, or get help. Um, education and um, receiving information is, is a huge part and it plays a large role. And previously or historically, when you've seen people not necessarily know what's going on with themselves or uh, understanding what's going on, feeling isolated and having awareness of what the problem is. Um, typically uh, in the past, when people don't know what's going on, that can lead to uh, more serious conditions, if you want to put it that way. Um, but now there's there's more awareness, there's more communication and there's, there's typically uh, a, a lot more uh, resource out there for people to, to lean into and, and try and diagnose or understand what they're going through. It really helps them through whichever condition or problem they may be feeling, um, which lightens the weight hugely off their shoulders. Yeah, and I think, I think to add to that, I think it's important as well when we think about the impact to recognize that there is a difference between things like genders and farming types when we start to talk about mental health and we start to think about the suicide risk associated with that. Um, Again, and I, I quote them a lot, but the Royal Agricultural Benevolent Institution found that, you know, there is a difference between the farming farming types when we talk about mental health. So for those who are working on specialist pigs farms, dairy farms, um, grazing livestock farms, you do start to see that they are more likely to experience moderate or severe anxiety, for example. And the risk of suicide within those populations is um, much higher in comparison to those who might be working in agricultural roles, such as harvesting crops or or rearing rearing animals. And I think it's almost twice the national average when you look at that. So I think it's important to consider that the impact can actually be different in different populations. And similarly, we know from the research as well that women are more likely to be sort of possibly or probably depressed. Um, And around, I think, 
8% or 60% of women um, are found to be experiencing mild or moderate or severe anxiety, and that's in comparison to 44% of men. So I think when we consider the impact, it really is important to also consider the different populations and what the impact means for those populations. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting point there, and I think you're right to kind of break it down and really get to guess the root of what is causing these issues is, is so, so vital in helping us combating that. But kind of taking the bigger picture, why are we seeing, you know, the agricultural industry being more susceptible to mental health, Leo? Well, I think straight away we can look into uh, the typical farmer is probably working uh, double the amount of, of the national average. So if we look at the stats around that, typical farmers are working 65 hour weeks where in comparison to the, the usual UK worker, they're working 37 hours on average within the week. So that's definitely putting a strain on not only their mental capabilities, but their physical capabilities too. And and well, so there are some livestock producers that work in excess of 100 hours. So then we're talking at the extreme level and and undoubtedly, you know, that that's going to take a negative effect. Um, if it's not instant, it's going to take a negative effect over a, a certain period of time. So looking at the, the working climate and then the working expectations of, of these individuals, and um, we can clearly see that there's going to be a correlation between um, the amount of hours you work, how many times you're doing that consistently and, and the level of your mental health. And just, I think the working hours is is such a good point that you've just touched on there, Leo. Um, because if we think about it, it's almost like a cultural cultural feeling within this industry. There's other stats that talk about the fact that, you know, farmers rarely take holidays. I think um, there was a survey done that found that, you know, 20% of farmers have never taken a holiday. Um, and another 45% said they had a holiday less than once a year. And I think there's a real cultural thing here with the pride that's associated with working hard, doing those long hours, not taking those holidays, not taking a break. But we also know that taking a break away from the farm does lead to improved mental health. And so I think that's such a key takeaway that even getting those kind of lunch breaks and making sure they're worked in or making sure you are getting your holiday is going to help to improve mental health. Yeah, I think that's such a good point, Hazel, on the on the culture piece, because farmers or agriculture workers typically are very proud. And I, I guess the first thing that came to my mind then when you were talking around that is is specifically around the end of the day when you might be faced with a problem or you might be faced with something that can't wait, say a cattle injury or a crop issue or, or something along those lines you're much less likely to prioritize your mental health when you're when you're thinking about getting the work done and um, taking a step back. You want to finish your job irrelevant of how long it takes. So that's when your health becomes uh, almost or your health um, takes almost a back foot and, and the work takes a priority when there needs to be almost a a restructure of priorities there, understanding the, the importance of the work, but also understanding that uh, the work isn't going to be able to get done in the long term if you don't necessarily take care of, of yourself. Yeah, and I think, again, couple that with the fact that um, within the kind of rural community or within the farming community, quite often you're you're in rural places and that, that can lead to things like um, reduced reduce access to health services or healthcare. Um, and again, that time, we're talking about the time and not prioritizing your your mental health or just your health in general, it can then start to lead to a kind of poorer track record when it comes to taking care of your own health and well-being. And I think probably a point that we maybe touched on at the start, but I think 
you know, needs calling out again, uh, particularly within the rural communities around isolation and not just the social sense, but actually looking at digital isolation too and potentially having, you know, a lack of access to things like good reception or good internet connection can lead to feelings of isolation, but actually make it more challenging to access some of those healthcare services. Um, So, yeah. I think that's why we, we're looking at the agricultural industry and potentially being more susceptible to things like mental health. The Country Land and Business Association has been safeguarding the interests of landowners and rural businesses since 1907. Through membership, you gain influence with government policymakers, exclusive and highly valuable knowledge on rural issues, unlimited access to tailored advice on all aspects of land ownership from experts, contact with specialist rural services and suppliers, and support from providers who understand your needs on insurance, healthcare and energy. think the the you know rural communities or the industry on the whole are open to these kind of conversations I'm sure those listening you know maybe you know over 40 that don't fit into I guess some of the statistics that you've talked about but perhaps you know don't even know where to start when it comes to having these conversations so kind of open to it but as you say it's not kind of culturally part of their experiences so would you say now we're moving towards a positive industry where people are more open to discussing mental health? I think firstly that they're, they're- definitely going to be some stigma behind uh, certain age groups talking around mental health issues and I think um, the first place to start is is going to a place where you can trust or speaking to people that you can trust because ultimately you have freer conversations um, in that in that environment um, if people are I know we touched upon uh, the digital isolation earlier um, with Hazel talking around and myself talking around the social media and and um, people using uh, the digital resources in the wrong way but I think it can be extremely powerful too when we're looking at um, either connecting with like-minded individuals or connecting um, with other workers within the industry to have those conversations that people might not have been able to have um, previously or they might not have known where to go to have those conversations. I think um, understanding uh, the tools that are available to you and understanding um, who's using them and, and why people are using them it won't only educate you, but it will also give you a, a kind of um, a tool to, to express yourself and, and, and learn more around the feelings you might be having. So I definitely think that there's um, a greater opportunity for people to talk around mental health, but also um, a, a freedom that is coming with that and a, a more of a, how do I say it, um, more of an understanding of, of how it impacts their work life as opposed to um, kind of putting it all away to the back of their heads. Yeah, I agree with Leo. Um, I think it is, I think, people are becoming more comfortable with talking about mental health now. But I think, you know, you've got some great organisations out there that are actually driving that conversation. And I think that's what's been really needed for a really long time. So, you know, we've got the Farm Safety Foundation, who I think are also known as Yellow Wellies. Um, and they do some great national campaigns around like Mind Your Head, which is really focused on tackling that stigma and around kind of risk-taking and mental health and opening that conversation. And I think that's really helping to 
to make people feel more comfortable and not alone in this as well. Yeah. For those listening or, you know, the rural communities, how can how can we support colleagues and employees? I think one of the first first things is just being able to spot the signs is so important. I think a lot of people can experience mental health or um, have colleagues that are experiencing mental health and it's it's really difficult to know what some of those signs might be. So again, not just within within yourself, but within others as well. And if we look at the Mental Health Health Foundation, sorry, they break that down into four kind of different areas in terms of being able to spot the signs. So they talk about mood, they talk about physical, they talk about work performance and also social lifestyle. And so not to go through every example um, within those kind of four categories, but if we just take mood, um, some of the signs that um, you might see could include things like higher irritability or sensitivity in yourself or other people, lower emotional control. Um, Or if we look at the social and lifestyle bracket, that could be things like someone withdrawing um, from conversations or from their social responsibilities or increased risk-taking behaviours such as smoking and drinking. And so I think being aware of some of these and being able to look out for those sort of subtle changes in yourself and in others can help you spot the signs and then help you to open that conversation. Leo, how do you think we can best support colleagues and employees? Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, leaning on what Hazel just said about spotting the signs, I think words are often barriers to people seeking help. So when you do understand what's happening and, and you see that in someone, I think keeping a clear line of communication with with peers is really important. And a conversation goes a very long way for those that need it and feel like just that huge weight is being lifted off their shoulders. Um, and that goes hand in hand, obviously, with openly listening without any judgment, sharing similar experiences. And I think um, often the people that are suffering or those who are suffering um, feel they're isolated or feel like they're going through things alone. So knowing that you're not going through something alone or knowing that your peer is feeling something similar or experiencing similar things is extremely powerful. All really helpful, especially for those who are who are listening and maybe, you know, just just curious about talking about this. Hazel, did you want to add something? I do. I think probably another another really helpful thing in terms of being able to support yourself and others is actually being aware of the different charities and institutions that are out there. Um, I mean, these places have a wealth of different information, different support services, um, not just for you, but for others that you might be able to then signpost colleagues to. So I spoke about the Farm Safety Foundation before, but there's also the Royal Agricultural Benevolent Institution, which is a national charity that provides local support to the farming community across England and Wales. And you go onto their websites, there's loads of information in, on there. There's lots of different support. There's lots of different techniques Um, And so I think that's really important as well, understanding what's out there so that you can access that yourself, but also be ready to signpost, signpost others to those places. Speaking of those resources and that help, uh, what are the practical tools that members can access through CLA Healthcare? Really good question. Um, So there's, again, there's a whole load of stuff on there. Um, CLA have a range of different supports in place that members can access. um, And it's sort of 
varies from things like Med24, which provides you or your workers to unlimited access to speak to a GP at any time, which again is really important given we're talking about the fact that sometimes in the rural communities you have lower access to healthcare just simply from proximity. Um, they also have EAP, which again provides a confidential access to counsellors, um, which you can talk to around a range of issues. And uh, they also have things like health screenings and financial education programs, as well as the kind of different insurances such as private medical insurance, healthcare cash plans, income protection, dental insurance. So I think all of those are great kind of practical things that you can access. But again, and I'll go back to it, go back to it again, education is key. And CLA has a range of great articles online that members can access, as well as access to webinars and podcasts, just like this one, which all focus on supporting health and well-being within the industry. Leo, did you want to add to that? or So just to curtail off the back of Hazel there, just to um, list the resources that are available, um, I think agreeing completely with Hazel's last point around education. Um, I'm a wholehearted believer that, that taking kind of um, taking priority of learning yourself and, and understanding what the different conditions are, not only if you're feeling them, but um, for for the signposting of others is, is incredibly important. And um, CLA does have a huge library of information that is completely free and available to, um, to its uh, members. So I think making use of that and really uh, upskilling yourself and educating yourself around all areas of health, not only mental health, but the physical health, the financial, edu- financial education programs that are available, and they all contribute towards um, your overall well-being which undoubtedly is going to impact your work life and your private life. It's, it's really um, it's really eye-opening to actually see how many resources are out there. I'm sure there are people listening who you know hopefully have, have made use of those resources. I'm sure there are people who are listening and perhaps didn't even know these resources are available so thank you for sharing those. They're really helpful. What would be your key message to those listening Hazel, those who may be you know taking something from this conversation? I think for me, probably one of the key messages would be to anyone is that you're not alone. And I think this comes back to the stigma. And I think probably one of the key things around battling that stigma is being also aware of the language that you're using when you're having these conversations. So I think, and I've said this before, I think on one of the webinars I did for CLA, you know, we need to start moving away from language such as, you know, you're crazy or or you're a psycho, which is often quite flippantly used in conversations, but can actually be quite damaging and further contribute to that, that stigma and that, that feeling of shame or that you're acting in a way that you shouldn't. And again, I would also say like openly listen. Um, you don't have to be the solution. Just having someone to talk to and openly listen to that person is really, really helpful when it comes to being able to talk about mental health and being able to, I guess, start combating some of those challenges that we see around mental health, particularly with that stigma. So I think just being conscious of of language um, and being open to listen is really important. Same question to you, Leo. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think um, that the first thing that I would say is initially um, from a takeaway is uh, 
for anyone that is feeling something that there are probably um, more people than you know that are feeling similar thoughts to you or um, going through troubles or, or having difficult situations um, and to know that you're not isolated is is a great foundation to sit on um, but also knowing that there are people within your community within um, the agricultural industry or even within the resources that are available to you that offer no obligation conversations that, that are there to typically just just help you and, and just be there to listen often when you are going through a hard time a conversation goes a long way and and voicing what you're feeling can can take a huge amount of pressure off you so i would have my leaving statement as taking advantage of all the resources that are available to you and, and knowing that um that you're not alone uh, mimicking what hazel has been saying uh, throughout this conversation well thank you hazel and leo thank you for helping us journey through these conversations to answer some of the biggest questions around mental health to learn more about how we can explore the challenges that are faced within the agricultural industry and what can be done to combat them for those listening hopefully you found lots of helpful tips and resources thanks to hazel and leo and if you are someone who is struggling just remember you are not alone On behalf of the CLA, thank you very much for taking part in this podcast, Hazel and Leo, and we'll see you soon. If you're not a member of the CLA, you can join today. More information can be found on our website, cla.org.uk. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you can join us again soon. You have been listening to the Rural Business Uncovered podcast. You can find all our episodes wherever you get your podcasts or just search Rural Business Uncovered on your chosen podcast provider. Remember to hit subscribe or follow to make sure you don't miss an episode.